Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I'll tell you a story. When I was, uh, I think it was in... Uh, it was either late 09, I think it was late 09, uh, the recession had hit, uh, business was, was just really, really challenging. Everybody I called for business said, I, I don't have any work, but can you help me find a job? I mean, it was, it was rough and I was just charging and just charging, just pure grit, pure determination, but I wasn't investing back into myself. And I got to a point where I just crashed. I just, I, I got to the point where they put me in the, the infectious disease unit of a hospital thinking that I had, like, there's got to be something medically wrong with this person that they, they physically can't walk up a flight of steps. And I, and I, and I just crashed. And so I, over the course of sleep studies and scares with uh, infectious diseases and getting poked and prodded, after about six weeks, the doctor said, we haven't found anything, but what I want you to do is if you think you can do it tomorrow, I want you to walk to the neighbor's driveway and back. And then the next day, if you think you can do it, set a goal to walk to the next neighbor's driveway and back and just keep setting that goal one driveway at a time. And to this day, I wake up and I have a routine where I not only invest in myself by uh, by listening to podcasts and reading books but a, a physical regimen and eating eating habits all of this is built around uh, when you when you place yourself in uh, when you have high expectations you can burn out if you don't have a system where you reinvest back in yourself where you get that fuel back how you dare how you dare that was the voice of Carrie Rome now, when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to making an impact, one of the things that we forget to really place premium on is taking care of ourselves, that self-care, that commitment to making sure that we are at our optimum internally so that we can be the best externally. That's one of the things that, you know, Carrie and I talk about in the conversation. We talk about his particular moment during the 2008-2009 recession and how he realized his turning point and turned that into uh, really, you know, expanding his career to an ex exponential level. Another thing we talk about is the understanding of your learning style. It's my belief that many people go to schools or education institutions without knowing what learning style suits, suits them. And that's a problem because a lot of times we teach education in, in a way that doesn't factor in equity. Equity has to do with giving people 
what they need to succeed. And so certain groups of people might need a different type of, uh, of curriculum or different type of teaching to be able to get the same information. And that understanding or lack of understanding of different people's learning styles is, in my opinion, contributing to the detrimental education systems that we see in today's world. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode and I hope that it causes you to think and reflect on ways that you are incorporating understanding or self-awareness to, to your learning style, as well as making that commitment to self-care. All right. Love you all. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Carrie Rohn. Now, Carrie uses a system to help business owners turn vision into action. That's right. We're going to be talking about vision and how you turn that to action. His work has been featured in CEO World, Smart Blogs, and Linked to Leadership. After being encouraged by an executive, Carrie decided to completely upend a service model to use software and system the systems that he created to help build business leaders and help them grow in a way that's more intentional and in a more disciplined way. So today we're going to be talking about a lot about personal development and how you can find alternative forms of education in order to grow to the person that you need to be and the person that you want to be. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for that introduction. Pleasure's mine. And the, the introduction is your life. So please give us some more insight into that because how did you figure out what you needed to do and then what was the pivot, the pivotal moment in your life where you knew that you needed to change? Oh my gosh. So, uh, so I'll go back to um, how I knew. I, I, I always wanted to be, uh, to own my own business. And when you, when you make that statement and you're a little bit younger, uh, you don't really know what that entails. My father was a dentist. And so of course he said, well, what type of business? And the fact that I didn't know was very odd to him. Um, but I, I knew that I wanted to, to own my own business one day, be a part of a, of, of a business. And so I looked to, uh, friends, fathers that, uh, that owned businesses. And that was sort of the start of it. And we can go into that and how, um, you know, the sort of the ridiculous uh, thought process at the time uh, was that, do, you know, when you finish school, because I, I, I actually had a, I had a, a class in high school and we had to research uh, w- what we wanted to do. And so I was, I researched a business owner, his friend's father, and he, and I asked a question. So when you finish school, is that when you finally are done and you can start doing what you enjoy? And he said, no, that's, re- that's really when the learning starts. <laughs> and so, and so you, you could see how, um, I guess, naive is the best, uh, is the best way to describe uh, what I was. Um, but when we can go into it, uh, if you want me to right now, we can. Yeah, but I can. yeah absolutely. I, I think that concept of basically... I'm going to work until I'm going to go to school until this and then be be able to do what I want is such a popular narrative and one that even older generations have sort of perpetuated, you know, go to school, go to school, go to school, go to school, and then you can do this. But I do think we live in a world with so many tools that have alternative forms of learning. And also the mindset that learning stops is a very problematic uh, mindset because that's something that takes us to our deathbed. So, yes, please go on. Okay, so let's start with that since you brought that up, the traditional learning mechanism. So when I was in fourth grade is the first time I remember being part of a a special group. For some people, a special group is a group that they're proud of. For me, that special group 
was in the back of the class, and that was for those who struggled with reading. And and for some of the people in that group, it was just they might have had an eyesight problem or they might have had um, a problem with uh, enunciating certain things when they read out loud. For me, my struggle was reading comprehension. And it really never got better. And so I just just throughout high school and college, I just had to spend a lot more time reading and rereading to to just sort of uh, to, to get the information out of it. So as you can you can imagine any time test, any sort of traditional, this is the way you are supposed to learn and you have a time test uh, that I struggle with that because for me, I needed to reread it several times to really comprehend and apply that. So uh, along the way, just pure persistence, somehow I passed the CPA exam. Hmm. I, I think it took me like seven times, but somehow I passed the CPA exam. But it wasn't until someone introduced me to Audible and then I got introduced to podcasts that I learned, oh my gosh, I'm an auditory learner. And the light bulb went off and it opened so many doors for me. And I found ways to enjoy books in a way that I never could before, because now I can I can listen to a book and I can I can mark a, a moment in that book that I, oh, I want to come back to. And then I go buy the book and then I highlight that section of the book. And now I've created something that's that's uh, that I really was able to consume and understand, but also something that I've got on the shelf that I can reference over and over again. So I just I think it was just pure persistence and not giving up. And there's got to be a way because I'm not going to accept the fact that, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just not smart enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I love your point of figuring out your learning style. It's it's, it's so true. It's so true. I think when you have traditional learning systems, you know, you don't necessarily have the traditional learning systems that suit every learning style because some people. You know, we've we'll, we've learned a lot about dyslexia now and, and um, reading speeds and things like that. But you have auditory learners, visual learners, kinesthetic um, learners. And if you're not incorporating those sort of things, it can sort of play into your, your mindset that you're not enough. Uh, and so I think it's very fortunate that you found that um, found Audible because, you know, similarly to you, um, Audible is taking my ability to take in information and uh, increased that a lot. I mean, I can, I've trained myself to listen to things at 3.5 X now, three times. Isn't uh, that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? Cause yeah. I have the same thing that although I couldn't, and there are people that, I, that say, how can you listen to it that fast? Well, the, for you and I, we've discovered that's a learning style for us that we can consume in a very rapid pace, but for others, they have to listen like maybe you and I read. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because I, when I were, whenever I answer that question, because I didn't, I'm able to read, you know, books normally as well as all that, but I retain more information at a way faster rate through Audible. And then the reason why was because I'm always on the go and I, I always have all these like short attention spans. And so me running around um, and me being able to do something sort of allowed me to have something in my ear while I was doing something. And, um, I used to think I didn't have a good memory. <laughs> and then uh, when I started doing that, I, I started to see that I retained a lot more. So and, and it was by happenstance like you did. I launched my podcast and I started to listen to podcasts and then I discovered that. 
So I, I guess my, my question that I'm, uh, I'm segueing into is how do you get people to understand what their learning style is? You know, someone listening here might say, I hate Audible. I hate mm-hmm. audio stuff. Yeah. What, what is the best way that they can figure out what learning style suits them? Well, I think you just have to try and you have to accept and you have to persist. I mean, for me, in, until there was Audible and before there was podcasts, I just I, I bought books and I, and I started reading them. And I, that doesn't mean I I stopped just because there wasn't a better mechanism. The commitment is is to invest in yourself and to learn. The commitment is to uh, ju- not just to wait until something hits you and falls across your lap is the the the, the best way. I mean, I'm a, you mentioned a visual learner. I'm a, I'm a very very visual person. And, and as well as an auditory learner. So that two combine, you think of traditional, uh, the, the traditional school system. I mean, yeah, it's, it, I guess it's in a way, it's a little bit surprising that I didn't give up on myself. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had a, I had, a, I had an encouraging, encouraging parents. And, and then I, and then I had a, I had a vision for where I wanted, what I wanted to achieve, but man, yeah, let me tell you what it's, it's pretty it's pretty frustrating. And, and I can tell you this, when I had, when I finally passed the CPA exam and I thought, okay, finally, I got all of that junk behind me. Now, again, naive. Now I can, I can, and I can start to, to go and learn and, and, and learn about business and apply business. Cause that's what I love. Well, when I was up for manager, when, when you're working five years at the firm, when I was up for manager, well, in order to take the leap into a manager, as it turns out, you have to go and read accounting literature, and then you have to apply the accounting to literature to the accountants, uh, to the client's situation. Well, here I go again. It reared its ugly head once again. I was not going to make manager. I mean, the, I worked at Arthur Anderson and the firm failed uh, due to the Enron scandal, but I was up for manager. I was not going to make manager for something that had haunted me ever since fourth grade. So wow. it's that it's that continuing to persist. And I can tell you what, at that point, I don't know why I wanted to make manager. I, there's nothing about my personality that says I should be a manager at a public accounting firm. There is absolutely nothing. But it was it was it was the fact that I would not be able to achieve something that I wanted that was pretty deflating. And so I just say, keep trying, keep digging until you find that one thing and then double down on that one thing that you believe is your learning style, but don't give up on how others can also augment and supplement that chief learning style. Because there's a, just as books still support me, uh, there's, there's other ways that you can find that support you as well. Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. So when you were, you said, you know, I was reading about you. You said you took remedial classes uh, your entire education. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about that? And then also the thing that I want to really harp in on here is your two core uh, values seem to be resilience and determination because yeah. those those things have shaped your life. And, and yeah. uh, as, as, as we uh, dive into that, I, I would like you to talk about why that's important, especially today. But um, yeah. yeah let's by those remedial classes. What are, Gosh, what are those okay. classes first of all? Yeah. So, I mean, when it's, it started in fourth grade, it's, you have to go, you're behind. And so you have to go here. And so, uh, it, it, the story is that when you, 
when some people go to college, they take a test and they get placed out of certain classes in college. Others don't get placed out. Uh, they just go into college and they start with the full curriculum. And then there's people like me that were in the special group once again that they say, um, yeah, you have to take these 12 hours that are not going to be they're not going to go towards your degree. And it was essentially you need to catch up. And so that's how I started my LSU career. 12 hours of essentially you got to catch up. Um, so that's the, that's the remedial aspect of it. And it was all, it was all around reading comprehension, every single bit of it. And, and so for me, that was just, I mean, that's just something, a product of the system. That's how they teach. (laughs) It, it, I'm I'm laughing because it's, um, and the reason why I brought it up again, because you had said fourth grade, but I didn't even realize that it took you all up until LSU and that's college. That for some people can be seen as, oh my man, I, I, that makes me seem, you know, um, dumb or that's embarrassing. And it's not the case. I think, <laughs> you know, the, these sort of implicit messages that we, we share with our kids just because, you know, they don't learn the same way is as damaging because then it just takes and strips the desire, uh, sometimes to learn. But I paired that with wanting to know why resilience and determination shaped your life because you, for some reason, didn't let those uh, outside factors determine who you were going to be. And I, I'm wondering where you found that. What, what was what was the, draw, uh, the drive to just push through? Uh, you know, I think I, I, I've just told myself a story in my head that is I, I want to achieve more and and I and I'm going to do whatever it takes. There's nothing that is going to stop me. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And anything that I can get my hands on to help me, any person that I can connect with that can help me, I am going to find a way. You know, that I think that started with a conversation uh, that from my mother where my mother would say, you know, you can do anything. And I know I know plenty of people hear that. You can do anything. You could do anything that you want. Well, I believed it. I didn't question it. I believed it. Now, there were times when, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I'm laying across the table saying, I can't do this. I am exhausted. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't get to that. But you pick yourself up off the mat and you say, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to go back at it over and over again. I'll tell you a story. When I was, uh, I think it was in, uh, it was either late 09. I think it was late 09. Uh, the recession had hit. Uh, business was, was just really, really challenging. Everybody I called for business said, I, I don't have any work, but can you help me find a job? I mean, it was, it was rough. And I was just charging and just charging, just pure grit pure determination, but I wasn't investing back into myself. And I got to a point where I just crashed. I just, I I got to the point where they put me in the, the infectious disease unit of a hospital thinking that I had, there's got to be something medically wrong with this person that they, they physically can't walk up a flight of steps. And I, and I, and I just crashed. And so 
I, over the course of sleep studies and scares with um, infectious diseases and getting poked and prodded, after about six weeks, the doctor said, we haven't found anything. But what I want you to do is if you think you can do it, tomorrow I want you to walk to the neighbor's driveway and back. And then the next day, if you think you can do it, set a goal to walk to the next neighbor's driveway and back. And just keep setting that goal one driveway at a time. And to this day, I wake up and I have a routine where I not only invest in myself by uh, by listening to podcasts and reading books, but a, a physical regimen and an eating eating habits. All of this is built around uh, when you when you place yourself in and when you have high expectations, you can burn out if you don't have a system where you reinvest back in yourself, where you get that fuel back. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was really a direct result of you not taking care of your body and not investing in yourself. Oh, it was absolute burnout. In one week, I left Birmingham. I drove to, I had a meeting in Jackson, Mississippi, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Houston, back to Baton Rouge, and I ended up in Memphis. And wow. I and I drove all of the I mean just just burning it up just trying trying to survive in an economic time where it was everything was getting crushed. Wow, wow, wow! And then when did you? Is that what led to your company? Your company is Cypress Resources for those listening. No, I had started the company. I started the company in '05, uh -huh. and um, yeah, so I started the company and and uh, I started out helping businesses with business problems. And uh, I would go in, architect a solution, bring a SWAT team in, fix the problem, boom, go to the next one. Well, as you think about that, that business model, it's not a very... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Very great one. It's a, it's a nice revenue model because when somebody's got a problem, all they want is it for it fixed. But it's not a very sustainable business model, meaning I had to recreate. I had to go hunt for the next problem over and over. I was always recreating myself. So when the recession hit, and people just put fixing problems on the back burner. We can't afford to fix a problem right now. Or even worse, an executive that may be concerned about his or her job doesn't want to highlight that there is a problem. So they're just not going to address it. So that, that model that I had built was starting to fail me. All of a sudden, uh, if, if I, you know, a, a, 
a meeting in Charlotte or a meeting in D.C. or a meeting in Houston, well, we don't know if if we never worked with you before. I can't take that risk at this point in the economy. And and if it wasn't for uh, two projects that we were really, really deep into, I don't think we would have survived. But it was but it was at that point and it was actually one of those projects, the C, the COO of a 18,000 employee company, we finished. And he told me this. He said, listen, Carrie. He said, yes, you came in and you helped me fix this problem. And yes, you finished ahead of schedule. And yes, you finished under budget. But I would not have hired you if I did not think that you could have done that. Hmm. And he said, now, now I can tell by, I can tell by your face that you believe that that is where the value is. And I'm here to tell you that's not where the value is. As an executive, the value was 12 and 18 months ago where I'm on an island as an executive and I have all of these things that I have to get done. And I've got nobody to help me think through what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it and who am I going to use on my team and what I'll need if I have to go outside. He said, you're missing an advisory service. And it was like a bucket of water was poured on me. And I thought, I cannot believe I had to have somebody tell me that. And that was the shift. That was the shift in, in, in the business where I said, I'm not going to chase problems anymore. I'm going to do it a different way. I'm going to start with an advisory practice first. Well, that's that's quite the story. And so that's when you decided never to trade time for money again. And you you uh you basically came up with this new enterprise model of your Yeah. Own. Yeah, so that was so the start of it was uh that was the start of it. Now, it didn't happen overnight. I started with uh, a retainer-based model where I go and advise uh business leaders on unpacking their ambitions and their goals and where do you want to go? And then organized in a very simplistic but very structured and disciplined way and then helping them execute along the way and being there with them over time what we've done because I, I i knew that i didn't want to say my hourly rate is this i didn't want to say that anymore never wanted to say this is my hourly rate in fact i'll, I'll tell you a really good story as it relates to that but um but before i do that today we've developed technology uh, when I started back in 2010 doing it, I had to physically be there. Today, I've developed some technology and some software. I can do this anywhere, and I can work with an executive anywhere, and that is, that's what makes it really, really fun. But back to my story. So my brother-in-law is a classically trained violist, and I, I can play air guitar, but that's about it. And really, anybody that knows anything about <laughs> air guitar knows that I really can't play air guitar that well. But but my my brother-in-law is a classically trained violist, graduated from Juilliard. I mean, someone that we just our minds. I I love him and appreciate him to death, but our minds just work very differently. And he he was in a quartet at the time. Now he's in the uh, in, in the orchestra at Hamilton, um, in the traveling Hamilton. But he is um, he he was in a quartet, and they traveled the world playing in these these competitions, these music competitions. So he calls me one day. He says, Hey, Carrie, he said, you know, we travel the world on these music competitions. I was like, yeah, I know. I'll see the pictures. And he said, (laughs) he said, well, um, listen, 
there's some there's, there's a group of high net worth individuals that have really really uh, they're they're drawn to us they really like us they they know that we travel the world and they want to create a world class competition and they want to hire us to help them create this world class competition he said what hourly rate should i charge and i said gregory you're not ah, what do you mean i said you're not going to charge an hourly rate well, how, how am I going to charge him? I said, here's what you're going to do. And I laid out the exact system that we do. I said, you're going to, you're going to develop a one page. In this case, it was an 18 month roadmap. You are going to lay out exactly every single piece of what they need to do. And you're going to charge them $5,000 to do that. He said, really? You think they'll do it? I said, I know they'll do it. So he comes back. He said, oh my gosh, they said yes. Now what? I said, well, here's, here's, the, here's the tool, fill it out. So he fills it out and he knew it. It was all in his head. He just had to organize it. What, which piece comes first and which key results going to drive which? So he lays it all out and he said, well, then what? And I said, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to them and you're going to deliver this, this one-page plan. And you're going to say, okay. Here's everything that you need to do. I've laid it out. I've sequenced it. I've set dates so you'll know when you're on target. Now, you can take this sheet and you can go and implement it by yourself. Um, or you can sort of piecemeal this together and sort of find different groups to do it. Or, if you like, for a monthly retainer of $4,000, we'll, we'll be there with you. We'll walk. We'll help you implement this entire program. We'll walk alongside with you. We'll bring in the right people and recommend them to you. And for $4,000 a month, we'll do that. And if you choose that, then don't worry about the five grand. We'll just consider that as part of the, he called me back. He said, oh my gosh, they said yes. Mm. So, think, so think about for a traveling musician to, to have an extra $4,000 a month over just as just try this approach because it works and that's the that's where your value is your value is in in exercising your expertise and really laying out the plan so my 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 point in that is don't do like i started out don't just jump on one project and go do one project then look up and say oh my gosh now what i gotta find another project there's a smarter way to do it there's always a smarter way to do it. And so, it, yeah, it's, you really want people to get rid of that mindset where it's time for money, time for money. You have a system, you said, that yeah. people to do it. And so how can people uh, find out about your system? Oh, wow. They can, uh, they can email me, uh, success at cypress, C-Y-P-R-E-S-S, cypressresources.com. Or I'm very active on LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And, uh, just, yeah, let me know if you're interested and I would certainly, um, certainly help. I tell you one thing that I've started and this is a, I, I hired a marketing, uh, consultant out of Oklahoma city, a guy named John Jantz. I don't know if you've ever heard of John. No, no. Uh, but John wrote a book called duct tape marketing. Hmm. And, uh, at the time I actually picked up the book. Uh, and bought a program from him. I liked what he had to say, hired him. And John said, Hey, Carrie, have you ever thought about 
helping consultants do what you do? And I said, um, no, why would I do that? It took me this long. They can figure it out themselves. <laughs> yeah. mm. And, it, and he said, I think, I think you're, um, I think you're missing an opportunity. So that's, that's sort of a, he didn't say it directly this way, but sort of that, Hey man, that's kind of a small minded approach. And it was, I, I just didn't, I, I wasn't thinking of it that way. The world is not my competition. There's plenty to go around. And so, uh, along with the story I just told you about my brother-in-law and a couple other instances and the ability to then turn this into technology, uh, I, I, I have started just recently offering this, helping other business owners. Hey, I'll teach you my system. And that's been, that's been um, a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, none of it would have started if it weren't for two things. John Jansen, hey, you're probably missing an opportunity here. And number two, my brother-in-law calling me up and just complete out of the blue. And I'm like, wow, that completely worked for a violist. If it can work for a violist, you know, it'll probably work for some other folks. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I, I do. I do enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy stories like that because I, I love that your life has been about how you shouldn't accept what's been considered a norm. And then you are all about flipping systems, whether it's education systems or selling system or enterprise model, you were saying you can monetize your expertise, whatever it is, in such a way that it's actually sustainable. And you can make it on your own terms if you re rethink how you think of the whole model in the first place. It's not about, like you keep saying, trading time for money. It's about creating, um, really valuing yourself and then pricing yourself and positioning yourself in a way where you're constantly needed um, and not being, uh, not you chasing, uh, the people, it's the other way around them chasing you. Yeah. And you know, you probably see this as well. There's a lot of people that, I mean, I probably, I'm not saying I did it the right way. I listen, I am certain that I've did it the 100% wrong way. Yeah. I just, I just consistently stayed at it. And I knew overall, I have to keep evolving. I can't be set. I have to, I have to keep evolving my business and, and my, my, my learning style it's a process. It's not, you don't just, you don't get to a destination and then stay at that destination for the rest of your life. It's, it's a, it's a continuous process. And so, um, yeah, you know, but there are some people that, that, that think or, or try to, uh, they try to, um, if they don't have an expertise first, they sort of falsify the expertise and that's going to, it'll get, it'll show at some point. Mm. Well, then, then those people that have falsified their expertise, how can people actually find what their expertise is? Uh, well, for me, so this is, this is, this goes back to my, um, accounting, my being a CPA. I, the, re, the, the entire reason I even studied accounting is because I finished LSU my first year. I was undeclared as a major. And my father said, hey, in, the, in his Cajun accent, hey, Carrie, what you going to do for a major? <laughs> and I said, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of probably stay the course where I am. He said, hey, you take as much time as you need, but I'm not paying for you to go back until you decide what your major is going to be. So, mm. so, so I, all right. So he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I still, I want to, I want to run a business. I want to own a business one day. He said, all right, you're going to go talk to your Uncle Raul. Well, my uncle Raul 
owned a successful business, about a $20 million business at the time. And Uncle Raul was an accountant. So when I went and got, asked Uncle Raul what I should do, he said, you need to major in accounting. Now, I went and I majored in accounting and I sat for the CPA exam and I've worked at the, at the time, the largest public accounting firm in the world because I was supposed to major in accounting. And it wasn't until Anderson failed because of Enron that I said, okay, I got to get off this path, this accounting path, and I got to go figure it out. And I got to go jump into a business and I just need to go dive into one and figure it out. But I jumped into those other businesses working in accounting because that was my background. It wasn't until I started Cypress Resources and I started working with businesses. And it wasn't until really, I tell you, it wasn't until, uh, you know, that auditory learning piece came up, came along that I think that spark of genius that was hidden all along started to come out. And now all these ideas that were in my head, if they're ideas that are floating around in your head, they started to connect for me. And when they started to connect for me, it wasn't just a, a popcorn thought here, but it was a thought that built and built. And then it was something where I could w go into a business and say, understand their business primarily because of my background, but then take their business and look out for an opportunity and help them craft and architect that opportunity. So that whole creative aspect, uh, it was hidden. I never even knew it primarily because I didn't know how to tap into it. And that's a result of the accounting degree that I started with. So a lot of it is just, uh, you know, the, the recommendations that you get, everybody's got their best intentions. Um, but finding your way, don't give up on the path you're, you've done. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the, the, the obstacles that you faced along the way that, that you just had to navigate through and just not give up. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, and it, and there's, there's two, two, there's two ways to do it. There's just a heads down and a turnout, which I've done, a, a, a burnout. And, and then there's the other way that's a, I'm going to wake up each morning. I'm going to, I'm going to create habits to invest in myself. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be proud of what I worked for and what I accomplished. And I know I've got something long-term that I'm aiming for. And that's, what's going to keep me motivated. Perfect. Love that. So as we wrap up, I want you to think about someone who's just starting college. Let's say, actually, let's say the person is in his sophomore year. So 19 years old, probably now really getting pressure from different people to decide on a major, him or her, uh, they, you know, they don't know what to do. What would you tell that person right now? You know, I would say it doesn't matter what your major is. Uh, go and study and learn um, all that you can. Don't fall in love with your major. Don't fall in love with what your degree says. Fall in love with what you're, you're, you can't stop thinking about. Fall in love with that and chase that. And whatever it is, you will have to build on what you've learned. All you've, all you've started with is a foundation for learning. But when you find something that you love, that you can't stop thinking about, water that seed and water it with knowledge and go find that knowledge and find a way. And when you do that and you start to make a habit of it, you'll get where you want. 
water that seed. Ah, oh, gosh, I love this, Gary. This is so this is so awesome. Thank you for just reminding us to do that because I, I you know, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a millennial. And a lot of times, I've been in leadership positions, and I've always, like you, had to do things in a, a very un- unconventional way. And many times, you know, it was the things people told you not to do, or your people flat out would say, "You're going to fail. You're going to fail." And it, I, I've always been interested by with this, um, in this paradox of, of a world that we live in, where sometimes when they tell you not to do something and you end up doing it and you end up becoming successful and the people then, the people that told you not to do it, then come to you to ask for the advice and how you got there. And looking back, it's always easy to see, hey, if, if I had taken a different path, I would have ended up doing or living in an unfulfilled life. And whenever I come across people like you who somehow managed to push through difficult situations and see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm always amazed by the simple things that you would say, which is you just got to always take one step forward mm, and take one yeah. step forward and, and take one step forward. And it's not like a magic formula. It's like take one step forward, observe what your skill sets are, your strengths are, and continue down that path. For you, you figured out Audible and learning and and then you know, learning through an auditory format was your your hack to obtaining information yeah. and you use that. And so if someone listening out here, whatever it is, art, music, you violinist, uh, uh, or whatever it is that you're good at, there is a way for you to use that to be successful, but it's just about just taking that next step forward. Like you're Yeah, saying. it's no different from what that doctor told me, right? If you can walk to the next driveway and just go there and then set a goal for the next one. It don't, don't try to, don't think about it, the, the running a marathon. Just think about the next driveway. Ah, perfect. Perfect. This is, I, I love that. So where can we find out more about you and how would you like to be uh, contacted? Well, I've actually got a, a podcast of my own. It's called Caged Vision. I'd love it. If people check that out, it's just uh, the concept of caged vision is, you know, that um, when you when you have something in your head and, and you want to see it achieved and you don't know how to get it out of your head and get it into action. We talk about that. So that's fun. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm 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 very active on LinkedIn. That's probably a great way to find me and interact with me. I message more on LinkedIn than I do on email. So that'd be great. All right. All right. Well, I'll put that in the show notes. I'll, I'll also send you uh, a connection request. And oh, very good. Uh, uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to to learning more about you and seeing how you make an impact in people's lives. You as well. Thank you so much for having me. This was a load of fun. Uh, thank you. Well, the last question I ask before I before I let my guests go is um, a reframing of my mission statement. So. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. How do you use your difference to make a difference? Uh, the way I do that is I talk a lot about my habits. I talk a lot about my habits. I talk about it with my children. I talk about it with my, my friends because so much for me is that, uh, that it's, it's, it's all investing in yourself, but you can't invest in yourself uh, like you're cramming for a, a, a test. You have to you have to invest in yourself every single day. Make it a habit, and and when when you when you do that, oh gosh, you'll be so surprised at how things come to you. All right, make investing in yourself a habit, and you'll be surprised by the things that come to you. Thank you, sir. This has been a real pleasure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.